Hi, this is the See You Next Tuesday podcast. We have dirty words and shit potholes throughout the entire episode. Our name literally spells Kant. How could you not know what was coming? Thanks for listening. Welcome to another episode of See You Next Tuesday podcast. I'm Jesse. I'm Amanda. If you just listened to part one, we left off on a cliffhanger of a freaking episode, so... I mean, uh, you know... You're killing me. I gotta me. leave you wanting to come back. Of course. If absolutely. I told you what happened, you wouldn't have come back. Yeah. Like, what's the point? Exactly right. Yeah. So what happens? Like, you oh, me oh now happens. you want me to tell you? Yes. We're not gonna, like, catch up and do our normal spiel? Well, yeah. Do you have anything that you want to go over? Any Instagram purchases, perhaps, that you want to talk about? I haven't gotten it yet. You, oh, so you want to wait until it's here? Yeah. I want to track my shipping and see where that is. You're like, wait a minute. No, I that's really cute. Now that I'm thinking about it, I haven't received my said item from Instagram. <laughs> now, I did buy this stuff um, from my coworker recommended. It's... Um, well, now I don't remember what it's called, but it's like CBD um, cream for like your topical treatment for like your hands and oh, your yeah. elbows and stuff. Yeah. It's fucking amazing. Yeah? It's fucking amazing. Does it relieve pain? Yes. Okay. Because I've, I've tried some before and I was like, this is kind of tingly. Like it's not really doing anything. You know what I this mean? This doesn't even tingle. Okay. Yeah. It's fucking amazing. Um, it's from this place called Fam Organics, F-A-M Organics, and they're local, and it's called CBD Rescue Cream. Oh. It's all certifi- certified organic and natural. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, cool. Yeah. I'll check that out. Yeah. That's the, my only new purchase. Well, no, I got a other gigantic new purchase, but I don't, I'm not prepared to talk about that yet. Oh. Because I might be having buyer's remorse. Oh, already? I don't even have it yet. Oh, when does it come in? A couple weeks. Mm -hmm. Okay, got it, got it. That's right. Okay. I don't know why I thought, oh, I should be at your house already. No. But, okay, anyway, do you want to recap what what had happened on the last episode? Yes. So, we're talking about um, the Caffey family. Uh Uh-huh. Dad, Terry. Mom, Penny. Oldest daughter, Aaron, middle son, Bubba, youngest son, Tyler. Um, very religious family in East Texas. Um, they're having a little bit of problems with Aaron. I think she's just a teenager rebelling, wanting to date boys. Terry and Penny don't like the boyfriends. Mm-hmm. Um, the boyfriends, he had a plan for them to be together. He decided <laughs> he wanted to knock her up. Because the religious parents would just kick her out of the house and they could be together. And then, of course, they would force a marriage because that's what you do. Yep. So, it's it, you know what? In his defense, it's a solid plan. Exactly right. So. Aaron had another plan and that's where we left off. Okay. What is Aaron's plan? She thought, we will just run away when I turn 18. Nope. That uh, wasn't it. No. Uh, that wasn't her plan. Okay. She told Charlie that killing her parents 
was their best option. Okay. So she just skipped right ahead to they need to die. Yes. Okay. And this was actually not the first time Aaron came up with this idea. About a month earlier, they were talking about how they didn't get to spend much time together. And she said, I think the only way we can stay together would be if my family was dead. At first, Charlie said he thought she was joking, but she kept on with the idea and he would tell her that she could just run away. Sis, murder's never the answer. Like, le- like legitimately, it sounds like Charlie's like, um, or there's like a- about a thousand more steps before murder. Yeah, Charlie's like, baby, I love you. I could just get you pregnant. Right. And then we would have something happen, which would then allow us to be together. Yeah, I mean... It, it just blows my mind that that ever enters as an option. Yeah, that she was. She was in it. Yeah, that was her plan. Okay. Family must die. Got it. So Charlie was really pushing for Aaron to just run away. He went as far as to find a room for her to rent. He would pay for it, and he would pay for all of her expenses. And then when she turned 18, she could just come out of hiding But she was adamant that they would just hunt her down and make her go home. And they wouldn't be able to be together until her family was gone. Aaron even tried to up the ante with a story about how Terry and Penny were going to move her to Arkansas to keep them apart. Charlie was like, okay, cool. When I come home on leave from the army, I'll just go there instead of here. Like... He's being the rational one and going like, look, this is not as big of a deal as you're making it out to be. It really isn't. Exactly right. He was not on the murder train. No. He was like, baby, we don't have to kill anyone. Literally, you're choosing the hardest path out right now. That is the hardest. It's harder than having to deal with your parents. Exactly right. Because you could literally just cut them out of your life and never talk to them again. Exactly right. Right? I'm going to guess, and this is, again, my... Totally unprofessional opinion, but her behavior makes sense to me because she is dealing in a culture, which I will say of Protestant America really is more of a culture, Protestant white America. I should also clarify as well that, you know, you deal in extremes. Everything is black and white. It's on or off. You're a Christian or you're not. You're saved or you're not. You're going to go to church. You don't. Right? Like, and so because of that, she doesn't understand, like Charlie does, that the world is gray. There's a lot more gray. And even at his young age, he understood that. Yeah. And so she's like, no, 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 no. We have to get rid of him completely. That's the only way out of this. And it makes sense because of how she was raised. She was raised with that mentality of it has to be one or the other. World is binary. There is no non-binary in the world. Yeah. So... Guess what Erin did? She killed her family. She broke up with Charlie for not loving her enough. Oh, okay. And then Charlie saw her with another guy at school. Oh, damn, girl. He got jealous, and this is when he hopped on the murder train. Mm, He's like, no, okay, fine. If this is what it takes to have me keep you, I'm going to do it. Bruh, murder's not the answer. Also, no amount of... um, lady bits is worth that <laughs> i was just about to say is her pussy platinum <laughs> exactly 
Exactly. Like, FYI, there is life after high school, everybody. So just remember that. Like, yeah. the shit you do in high school is high school. It's not going to last If you're in high school forever. and you're in love, there's no reason to kill your family to be <laughs> with him because honestly, you're probably going to break up right after you murder your family anyways. <laughs> well... You know, the laundry list of items you have to do after you murder your family. Okay, I gotta clean up the mess, gotta dispose of the bodies, gotta like call 911 and pretend there was a break in or some shit like that, whatever. And then, oh yeah, I gotta break my boyfriend. Yeah. You're gonna fight about something. You're not gonna be together anyways. You're gonna go to college. Not worth it. Right. So, others have said that the couple's murder plot started as early as Turkey Day. So, who really knows what the truth is? A church friend said that Aaron told her, I think I'm going to hire someone to kill my parents right after the Christmas break. And that Charlie told her the same thing in the school cafeteria. (laughs) They were not discreet, were they? No. Other people had overheard them discussing the murder plot as well. And the kids were talking about it among themselves. But no one took it seriously because they thought they were just kids being kids. I mean... Like, oh, man, my mom got so mad at me like last night because I came home past curfew. I could just, like, kill that fucking bitch, man. Whatever, you know? And then you move on with your day. I'm going to kill my mom. She won't let me see Charlie anymore. Oh, right. Yeah. And you move on with your day. I wouldn't turn them into the police mm. either. No. So the plan to hire a hitman to take out Terry and Penny, the plan was to hire a hitman to take out Terry and Penny, and then Charlie and Aaron could be together, right? Makes sense. They were going to hire a hitman. Yeah. Do they think... No... There's no real... Yeah, so... Hitman... So Bubba and Tyler were supposed to be... um, We're not supposed to be harmed in the process. The boys were supposed to be at G-Ma's house when um, the parents were killed. And then a sudden death of Terry's dad threw a wrench in those plans... And during this time, it was obvious to everyone that there was something wrong with Erin. She couldn't sing like she used to. And all of a sudden, she went from outgoing to being withdrawn. Then they couldn't find a hitman. Uh Oh, Uh, really? Yeah, okay. I'm going to say most likely they couldn't afford one or they didn't know where to look or hitman aren't actually a thing. They're just in movies. They're just... There's no... (sighs) Hitman exists, but, but you don't know about them. Right? That's You're not going to find them in the back of Soldier's <laughs> Fortune, okay? Oh, God. And if someone is saying they're a hitman, they'll do it for $5,000, whatever. They're not. They're a cop. Yeah, they're a they're cop. They're a cop. Yeah. Oh, God. So, Charlie decided what he really needed. What he really needed. He just needed a partner that wouldn't back out on him and had the balls to actually kill someone. Okay. Because, you know, there's no hitman. Right. And so he found that in 20-year-old Charles Wade. Oh, my God. There's two Charleses. So we have Charlie and Charles. So, y'all, the rest of this story is going to be... Okay, can you call Charles Wade Wade? Yes. Okay, call him Wade. Because then that'll, like, help us distinguish. I I wish I had thought of that when I wrote this because now I'm going to have to switch that in my brain while I'm reading my story. Oh, no worries. No worries. Charlie one, Charlie, Charles two. <laughs> I, I think at some point I called him C squared. Like Yeah, I know. It's crazy. <sighs> so Aaron had told Charlie that Terry and Penny kept two grand in a lockbox. And Charlie promised this to Wade once the parents were dead. Okay. 
So Wade needed the money for child support. He had just been taken to court and was ordered to pay $69 a week plus medical insurance. Oh, honey. Honey. $69 a week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I'm not laughing at the number. number? I'm like, that is nothing in today's child support money. Yeah, no. Not at all. I'm like, what? Yeah, that's... And this is the early 2000s. This is not 50 years ago, guys. No. So... Wow. Yeah. He probably didn't have a job. Yeah. Or, you know, again, it's a rural area. Yeah. Not not much money to be made. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So, Bobby Gale Johnson started dating Wade in December of 2007 when he became a regular at the DQ where she worked. Uh, Y'all, if you need a man, just go start working fast food. True. Yeah. He was still technically married to his baby mama, but friends told the baby mama that Bobby could be a positive influence on Wade, so she didn't go beat her ass. Bobby described herself as a non-smoking Christian who didn't mind a drink and wanted to have kids one day. Her heroes were God, military members who were willing to sacrifice sacrifice their lives for the U.S., and her theater director. <laughs> had me in the first half like the last one i was waiting I'm like please let it be a good one and it delivered god <laughs> bless it it delivered a theater director my god so she was a theater kid mm-hmm. <sighs> you know that was exhausting so her life philosophy was oh well shit happens Okay. I mean, there you go. She's not wrong. Oh, so little did she know what she was getting brought into when she started dating good old Charles Wade. Okay, so this is Bobby, Charles Wade's new girlfriend. Mm-hmm. He's getting a divorce from his baby mama, uh-huh. his wife currently, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and has to pay her 69 and change in child support. <laughs> yep. And so this 2K sounds like a fucking, it's a lot of money. Yep. So yeah, he's like, hell yeah, that's a lot of child support that's like whatever the hell else i want to buy a new ps4 no they were at like ps2 i was gonna say i was like looking i'm like wait when did ps4 come out yeah no we're like only on the two back then yeah but still you know he's thinking yeah okay yeah all right the original xbox yeah the og xbox came out then you're right and Mm -hmm. that was a big fucking deal yeah yeah dude that was like 50 bucks man gamecube gamecube came out and had super mario smash brothers on it that shit Amazing Mario yeah. Kart. Yeah, your he could buy that in all the games with two grand. Hell yeah! Yes. God, it stretched so much farther. I honestly do wish we could take two grand back just twenty years and be like living it up. Do, remember when beer or like or a glass of wine didn't cost fourteen dollars when you went out to a restaurant? So let me tell you, I ordered chicken minis for my office on Thursday. Mm, Chick Fil A. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. For breakfast. Jesus' chicken. I got four boxes of 10 chicken minis for my office. I had to trade in some of my points because it was like over 50 bucks. It's expensive, man. And then I had to think, really think about it if I wanted to feed these bitches. You're like, do they deserve it? Hmm. I'm like, I'm real fucking hungry and I'm going to order something for myself anyways. But really? Yeah. And so then I'm like, Redeem these points. Redeem these points. Hell yeah. 
Ah, that's why they're there. Fuck yes. Yeah. And then I ordered lunch on Friday. Granted, like, they paid me for their lunches. But me and two other girls in the office, we ordered um, from this Mexican restaurant by the office. And we had it delivered. Three lunches and one iced tea. $78. Oh, my God. What is happening? What is happening? I ordered off the lunch menu, and I ordered this fajita wrap, right? Yeah. It comes with chicken. I wanted beef. I had to pay an extra $5 for beef, which made my wrap. It came with a wrap, rice and beans, fucking $18. Get the fuck out of here. Off the lunch menu. Yeah. This is... I mean, obviously, we're going through inflation and shit. Yeah, we know that. But even just regular price shit is bananas. Like... That's insane. Why is something on the lunch menu 18 fucking dollars? I don't know. Why do I have to pay fucking $12 for a fucking salad that just happens to be more lettuce? Bitch, I know how much romaine costs. Okay? Don't even get me started when they use the fucking iceberg bullshit. Yeah, oh yeah. They whip that shit out and you're like, absolutely not. This is a $4 salad now. How dare you, sir? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, and God forbid if you want shrimp on that salad oh. instead of fucking chicken. Why? Again, that's a good point. Why are all proteins add-ons now? All, almost all proteins are add-ons. Oh, you want some sort of like tofu, beef, shrimp, or chicken? That's another five bucks. What? I can't eat just a salad if I don't have protein on the salad. I'm going to be hungry in five minutes. Exactly. Oy. It's basic like nutrition. Yeah. <laughs> eat oh. protein or you're going to be hungry. So yeah, I can see why he's like, I'll take $2,000. Now, yes. granted the method of getting it, I probably would have been like, no, I'm good. Yeah, I, I would have bowed out real fast. Yeah, I'd be like, okay, 2000 yeah, what do you need me to do? And they'd be like, mm-hmm. cool. I'm going to get I'm back to you I'm busy that. that day. Yeah. I'm I'm going out of town. Um, I'm seeing my kids. Washing my hair. I'm taking the kids to Six Flags. Yeah, anything but doing that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now that they had ditched the hired killer plan, they started a new plan. And Charlie was not okay with killing Bubba and Tyler. Correct. He's like, I'm not killing the boys. But Erin had no qualms about it because she told Charlie, you'll have to kill the older one because he'll talk and then go ahead and kill the younger one because he's a brat and I don't like him anyways. Oh my God. But don't worry. It's not because she was cruel. It's because she was just thinking of their well-being. It's because with Terry and Penny dead, she didn't want them to go to foster care. But she did also dislike them because they picked on her. So... So her solution was, it's more merciful to kill them in a brutal murder than to have them go to foster care. Uh Uh-huh. Which, to be honest, they probably wouldn't if if Grandma and Grandpa were still alive... I mean, Grammy, G-Mom was still around. Right. Guess who would probably adopt the children? Yeah. Anyway, moving on. So Charlie and Wade had to find a way to explain where the family went once they were gone. Because, you know. Yeah. They're playing the whole family can't just disappear. So one of their ideas was to plan a story that they moved to Arkansas and never returned. If enough people bought into this, then nobody would notice that... The two C's had actually dumped their bodies in the Sabine River. Mm. Rookies. Right. Bodies float. Um, yeah, dude. Their, 
Their plan was to kill the family the night before Charlie had to report for guard duty in Greenville. And by the time the bodies were discovered, then people would think he was in Greenville at the time of the murders. And as for Wade, well, he had virtually no connections to the family, so nobody would be looking for him, right? Right. Wade brought two three-and-a-half-foot swords that Charlie and Charles had previously used to play sword fight in the backyard. (laughs) Stop. Sorry. (laughs) Wait. So their plan is to fucking use those dumbass swords you can buy at, like, whatever place in the mall Mm -hmm. that all boys fucking want for some reason, Uh and to murder them with, like, the basically, like, decorative swords. Yes, don't worry. They were sharp. Oh, did they sharpen them? Wow. They yeah. were already sharp. But, I mean, they played sword fight with them in the oh. yard, so I'm sure they were a little dull. I'm oh. not quite sure. You know, and they're totally skilled and experienced with swords like that. They and had they samurai totally... sword training. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so mm-hmm. they got this. Great idea, guys. Maybe they played Fruit Ninja to oh, practice. Take the wheel. So... <laughs> They decided to bring the swords because they initially didn't have a gun. But then they got Charlie's dad's twenty-two brownies. Guys, they're in East Texas. How the fuck do they not have access to guns? Exactly right. Well, they did get Charlie's dad twenty-two browning pistol that used long rifle bullets. So there we go. They got a gun. They only had eleven bullets. And they planned to just go in and shoot everyone in the dark so mm-hmm. they wouldn't have to actually see them when they shot them. But they took the swords just in case. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Backup plan. Okay, so do you think they strapped the swords to their backs like like ninjas? You know of what I mean? Of course they did. Oh, fucking get out of here. Fucking of course they did. I mean, how, how could you not? I mean, you really have to if you're using a sword like that. Yeah. So that's when they realized that their plan of dumping the bodies in the river would be difficult because they would have to wrap up and drag the parents' bodies through the house, the car. Then they would have to carry the boys' bodies down the stairs. So these geniuses decided they would just set the house on fire. There it is. Because it would destroy the bodies, and then the police wouldn't look for bullet wounds or slash marks on the bodies after that oh god no that's not what they do at all no cops never look at the bodies that are burnt in a house fire to see if there's any sort of like foul play beforehand malfeasance or you know arson investigators really don't give a shit about the point of origin well i mean no small town mm-hmm. so they're banking on rural cop yeah they're thinking barney fife isn't gonna give a shit right barney fife is gonna come in here and go fire they died in a fire. Tragic. Oh my god, that's so fucking crazy. Exactly right. But then explain this. Four people in a home, right? House is burning down. Not one of them wakes up. See what I'm saying? This is how their logic isn't tracking, right? Not one they're, kid. Everyone's going to be in their bed, I'm assuming. This is probably their plan. teenagers. Yeah, I know. I know. It's just like, guys, come on. I mean, One hello. step further. You dumbs. Oh my god. So, March 1st, 2008. Tell me this gets better. Does this get better? Does the fuckery continue (laughs) with this plan? I mean, I have 45 pages. That's true. (laughs) So, March 1st, 2008. Charles and Wade and Bobby. Mm. Wade and Bobby had dinner in Sulphur Springs at... 
You want to take a guess? <sighs> Sulphur Springs? Did they go fancy with it? They went to the big city. They went to Sulphur Springs. Olive Garden. Chili's. Ah, oh, damn. It was so fucking close. Shit. Although, good choice. Good choice. Good cho- get I'm- a marg. Get some chips and salsa. They're not old enough to get margs. Ah. Uh, Drake so County. Yeah, that's true. Good point. Damn. But you know what? But still, Chili's. That's a solid choice. You, you know he had a burger. Oh, God, yeah. The old timer. Uh-huh. Fuck yeah. That's a good-ass burger. Yeah. Yeah. And then maybe she got like the fajitas just because it's fun and it sizzles and it looks like super fancy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they probably got some sort of like lemonade shit. You know what I mean? Like some sort of like fancy-ass lemonade that they have. I'm going to say Dr. Pepper. You think Dr. Pepper? East Texas. Mm, you're right. You're right. Okay. Dr. Pepper. Mr. Pibb. We don't carry Mr. Pibb is West Texas. Mr. Pibb is West? Mm-hmm. Mm, because they don't carry, uh, what is it, Coke products or whatever the fuck? No we only saying. carry Pepsi products. Just saying. Yeah. West Texas is Mr. Pibb. Next to Dr. Pepper. Valid. Know your sides of the state. <laughs> okay. So they had dinner at Chili's in Sulphur Springs before Wade dropped her off at her job in Lake Fork and took her car. After um, Wade picked after that Wade picked up Charlie at some point, and um, Charlie was with Wade when he went back to pick up Bar Bobby. Mm-hmm. I almost called called her Barley. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> went back to pick up Bobby at nine p.m. from her shift, but her shift didn't end until ten, so I'm not quite sure why they showed up at nine. That's just weird. Um, so they left and Wade returned at 10 p.m. by himself to pick up Bobby. And that's when they went to um, Wade's brother's house. Meanwhile, while that fuckery is going on, at the cafe home, Terry and Penny, they were in good spirits. Terry had an interview with a higher paying job and made a good impression and the job was his if he wanted it they were praying about whether or not terry would take this new job and what would be best for the kids because the kids always came first so you know they're living like this high of i got this job offer what would be best what are we going to do so after the visit to Wade's brother's house, Wade and Bobby went over to the Maxi Mart to grab some snackies because, you know, you need to fuel up and carb load before you commit a murder. Yeah, I just like the nonchalantness of going to Chili's, picking up your girlfriend from work, then, oh yeah, road trip snacks. You know, it's just like, it's it's interesting to me, especially because like, these people aren't hardened killers. This no. isn't like these guys have like done this over and this is not Ted Bundy, dude. No. You know what I mean? No. So it's like, I, I'm i assuming, again, they're teenagers. Yeah. Like, they're like, this will be easy, boom, 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 one and done, set the yeah. house on fire, no big deal. We don't even have to see what we're doing. Right. So maybe that's how they're compartmentalizing all of this to make it feel like, okay, this is just a normal night. Or maybe they don't think that they're really going to follow through. Yeah, that's true too. Because like deep down you're like, okay, I'm saying I'm going to do all this, but you're not really going to do it. Do yeah. It. Yeah. So, um, then they went to Bobby's apartment in the town of Point, and then they picked up Charlie. And once they picked up Charlie, that's when the conversation turned back to plotting the murder. 
So Charlie and Wade had on long sleeve shirts and they had rubber gloves that Bobby had given them. And at 2 a.m., Erin called and told them to meet her at the end of the driveway. I am blown away that this other girl is going along with this. I'm, I'm not as much with Char- like Wade Charles because, like, again, he, he needs the money. He's got a whole situation going on. But, like, I'm blown away that this other girl's like, yeah, I'll totally kill this random girl's family for, or help you guys kill this and help you guys plan this. What the fuck? Would you? I sure as fuck wouldn't. I'd be like, I don't want any part of this. In fact, we're broken up. I don't want to be near you, right? Like, I'd be like, bye. <laughs> yeah, this was fun. Anyway. Yeah. Weird. So they picked up Aaron and the foursome drove around working out all the murdery details. I mean, personally, I think you should have planned everything out before the night of the murder, but... Wait, they're doing it on the fly now? Yes. Oh my God. I I don't know anything. I've never followed through with my murder plans, so they could be on to something. So during this hour-long trip... Charlie made a last-ditch effort to try to convince Aaron to just run away with him, but she kept insisting that killing them was the only way they could be together. And Bobby actually confirmed this during an interview with Texas Monthly. Charlie never wanted to kill the boys, but Aaron kept insisting, and even Wade said, little ones talk. Shit. So before going back to the Kathy house, the group pulled over in the cemetery and tried to convince Bobby to get out of the car because she really didn't have any skin in this game. But she w- wanted to be there for Erin and comfort her when her family was gone. Oh, my God. Oh, that's so sweet. No. What is happening? Like, I don't understand how they're rationalizing all this. This no. makes no sense. So no one ever actually knew why Bobby was there. And a Texas Ranger, John Vance, even said, and I quote, Bobby Gale Johnson's motives were perplexing. Yeah. Enraptured by Wade, Bobby was eager to soil her hangs alongside her lover. I think it was likened to Bonnie and Clyde. We're going to carry this all the way through, and we're not going to get caught. I mean, yeah, I could see that. I could see a little bit of that. Yeah. So Bobby actually tells a different story. She says she wanted to bail and not be a part of this, but according to her, Charlie said it was too late and she was already involved. Bobby claims Charlie said if anybody says anything to anyone that person would be taken care of and she was scared shitless now i don't know if i believe that i think bobby is just trying to put her blame on charlie saying oh i couldn't get away because charlie would kill me yeah yeah to kind of like make sure she kind of lessens her guilt in the whole yes, situation her minimize part. her involvement mm-hmm. by saying I couldn't leave. Yeah, I was being threatened, and then, of course, they were about to commit this murder, so then, of course, if they're willing to do that, of course, they'd do that to me. Exactly right. But if you're also in the exact same fucking paragraph saying, oh, but Charlie didn't want to do it, and he tried to convince Aaron to run away with him, then... Exactly right. It ain't playing, sis. Exactly right. So the foursome drove to the Kathy house. Aaron and Bobby... Bob... Aaron and Bobby... I don't know why I can't say Bobby... Drove a short distance away and parked. While waiting, Erin excitedly said she can't believe this is actually going to happen. Charlie and Wade didn't have to break in the house because Erin had left the door open for them. The duo burst into the master bedroom where Terry and Penny were sleeping. Charlie fired a gun and it got jammed, so he handed it to Wade, who aimed it at Terry and Penny and shot two more rounds. 
All Charlie was thinking was now we can be together. But murder isn't as easy as anyone thinks because Terry and Penny didn't die instantly as Charlie envisioned. Penny was still alive, so they did what any killers would do. They left the room and had a little powwow in the hallway. Oh my God. What do we do now? Hey, I don't know. Exactly right. I don't know. I don't know why they're still alive. That's fucking crazy, man. Do we like smother them? Like what the fuck do we do? I have no... This is... Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So Wade told Charlie he needed to finish her off. So the pair re-entered the bedroom. And that's when Charlie took his sword and sliced Penny's throat. Remember, they only have 11 bullets. Yeah, and they use four of them? I think so. Yeah, they got like six left. Something like that. Yeah, no, guys. Murder doesn't happen like in the movies. It's not like... No. Honestly, even if you shoot someone in the head, it they could survive. Yep. Because guess what? We as human animals want to fucking live. Our body wants to live. So you're... <laughs> it's going to do everything it can to live. So before leaving the room, they kicked Terry to make sure he was dead. But Terry played dead really well because the boys left the room to move upstairs um, and Bubba and Tyler had woken up, which was not part of the plan. And they heard what was happening downstairs and ran and hid in Aaron's closet. Charles yelled, sorry, Wade yelled at Charlie to get the kids. Charlie was still in mor- moral, moral. Moral. Like M-O-R-A-L? Yes. Yeah. That word is sounding weird to me. Yeah. Yeah. Term oil and didn't want to kill the kids and asked why they couldn't just get Aaron's shit and leave. Wade told him, you have to. We can't leave witnesses and threatened to leave him there alone if he didn't. Double Trouble then entered Aaron's room and found Bubba there with a knife. Y'all. All country kids have knives. Oh, yeah. Those little, like, pocket knives where you fold them. So, this doesn't shock me that Bubba had a knife. It was probably some hunting knife that he carried on his jeans all the time. Yeah. Good job, Bubba. Good job. So, I mean, that didn't shock me at all. That's when Charlie demanded that they go get in their beds because he thought it'd be easier for him to kill them that way. The fucking... But the boys were like, fuck you, brah. And Bubba kicked Charlie, but Wade, that's when Wade then shot him in the head. And Charlie said that Wade then stabbed Tyler with the sword. Charlie does admit that he stabbed Tyler with the sword also. Damn. Charlie then called Aaron and told her to drive up to the house and wait outside for them. According to Bobby, Aaron asked Charlie, are they dead? Are they dead? Earlier that day, Aaron had packed a small bag, and it was exactly where Aaron told Charlie it would be. So C-squared grabbed Aaron's shit, found the jewelry case Aaron told them about, took the jewelry, and opened the lockbox under Terry and Penny's bed with the code Aaron gave them. The lockbox only had about $160 in cash. They got $100 from Terry's wallet, $115 from Penny's wallet, They even grabbed all the change and the boy's allowance. Jeez. There was a safe that belonged to Aaron's grandfather that they couldn't open, so they took it with them. In the end, their take was much less than the two grand they were hoping for. Charlie was able to retrieve his dog tags that Penny had taken from Aaron earlier that night. 
So according to Charlie, Wade went upstairs to make sure the boys were dead, and Charlie went into the master bedroom to check on Aaron's parents. That's when he discovered Terry was still breathing. Mm. Charlie couldn't bring himself to kill Terry, and he looked like he was going to die at any moment. So he left the room, and Wade asked him if they were dead. And Charlie's like, yep, they sure are. Uh, it just shows you that Charlie really never wanted to do any of this. Nope. I mean, hell, even Wade was more game. Wade's like, let's go, dude. Let's get this shit done. He's like, can we just not kill kids? Like, please? Yeah. Oh, my God. Just not. And that's when they began setting fires around the house with the bed sheets, clothes, furniture, and even food from the pantry. That doesn't make sense to me. Wait, so they're setting food on fire? Yeah, to set the house on fire. (laughs) Dumbs. And that's when they left the house with Aaron's shit and the shit they stole. Um, When Charlie and Wade walked out of the house, Bobby was getting out of the car, but... Erin was jumping up and down her in her seat, excited. Bobby told Texas Monthly Erin wanted to get out of the car and check on the bodies herself, gushing that she was finally free. Damn. She's heartless, man. Like, truly, like, she does not care. No. So, Charles said she... Wade said she was happier than a kid on Christmas morning... And Aaron would tell an opposite story and say that she and Bobby were crying while Wade and Charlie were high-fiving each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so when Charlie got in the car, he was not happy about what had just happened. Yes, he could now be with Aaron, but he never did want to kill anyone. Aaron was concerned with how Charlie was acting because she had been the reason why her whole family was murdered. And according to Charlie... Aaron was worried that Charlie would think less of her. So the fire quickly spread while they just fucking took off. Mm-hmm. The group decided it'd be best to, for them to drive around a while because they didn't want anyone to see them driving straight from the cafe home to Matthew Wade's trailer where, where Charlie and Aaron were going to stay. And that's at least smart. That's, yeah. Ish. Ish. I mean, it's a small town. Like, if anybody sees a car out in the middle of the night, they're going to know exactly whose it is. Oh, for sure. They're so stupid. So one of Charlie's friends, Tannis, conned it. He was the one that Charlie was with when he met Aaron the first time. Yeah. He was crashing at Matthew's house at the time, and he woke up at 4.30 for his job on the railroad. Oh, wow. His job on the railroad. So Charlie handed Tannis the 22 and asked him to clean it for him. And Tannis was like, sure, no problem. I'll take care of it when I get home. And Charlie didn't really give a shit because he didn't want it cleaned. He had already accomplished his goal. Tannis's prints would be on the gun when the police found it, not Charlie's. Oh, fuck. That's messed up, dude. Mm-hmm. And Tannis obviously didn't know what just happened as to why he was like, yeah, sure, I'll clean your gun. No big deal. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because, I mean, again, gun maintenance and is part of gun safety yeah very much so especially in rural communities so yeah it's natural to go yeah okay whatever man so in matthew's house is i want to say this because i don't really cover it anywhere matthew's house was one of those houses where people would come and go in and out all the time mm. different people would stay there for a while and leave and crash on the couch it was one of those houses got it okay um so, by this point, um, 
emergency services have showed up at the cafe home because it's on fucking fire. Right. Even in the country, people notice fire. Yeah, there's, yeah, just a little bit. And so right after the emergency services arrived, the oxygen tanks, Terry kept in his van for his home health care patients, exploded, making everything that much worse. Oh, no. And at the cafe home, (laughs) they had pulled all the stops and there were agents there from the ATF and the Texas Rangers along with the Rains County Sheriff's Office. They determined that they would need to sift through the debris to find any spent shell casings from guns used in the attack. They also brought Nina, a police dog that could detect the remainder of any flammable liquids used to set the fire. The only part of the house that remained standing was a portion of the southwest wall on the outside and the pier and beams on the first level. And that was it. Question for you, if you don't mind. How did, first of all, wow, the re- police response, right? I mean, they got in the freaking feds basically immediately. But why? For a simple house fire. Because they saw the bodies and they were like, whoa, what's going on here? No, I think because it was completely burnt to the ground. Okay, so is it like standard procedure to call in like ATF if it's... Like, well, no. No, maybe because of the oxygen tanks. I think because in this community, they did not have crime like this. They mm. hadn't had a murder in 18 years. Okay, so it was like, okay, something's off Yes, here completely. We need to get in the big dogs. Yes. Good job. Yeah, the crime was so low that I that they were like... Thumbs up. Yes. Okay. Um, a clock was found that had previously hung about the refrigerator, and it had stopped at 3.55 a.m. Hmm. So, Penny's body was found in the doorway of the master bedroom and the utility room, and there were three 22 caliber rimfire shell casings below her body. Bubba was found in the living room in front of where the couch had been, but the police theory was that he fell through the second floor of the second floor when the house was set on fire, and Tyler was found in the master bedroom on top of what remained of the bed along with unburned clothes that belonged to Aaron. So the police theory was that during the attack, Tyler ended up hiding in Aaron's closet. And when the second floor collapsed, he fell into the master bedroom. Damn. So the only cafe member that could not be accounted for was Aaron. Mm-hmm. Oh, and dad, did he eat, bite the big one too, eventually? Through the fire, I'm assuming? Terry? I don't know. I'm not going to tell you today. <sighs> What? Is that where you're leaving us? Yes. Oh, God dang it. This is the worst. I hate this, but I like it. I do like a cliffhanger. (laughs) Okay, so we're at the point where it feels like they're going to get away with this. Well, for now. Because, again, like all this shit. We're in 2007 land, y'all. There's DNA. Obviously, there's prints. There's, but are there, or did they all burn in the fire? I mean, at least they'll know what kind of gun it was. 22. Okay. Yeah. And then they'll go, who's missing a 22 out of 450 people? Oh, my son took my 22. Hello. Or did he take it and put it back and it's not missing? Oh, and it's got what's his face's fingerprints all over it. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. We'll find out in the next episode. Thank you all so much for listening. And if you want the rest of the parts, go to our Patreon now. And all the parts are up so you can take a listen. We'll see you next Tuesday. Bye. Bye.
Thanks for joining us today. You can find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, we'll see you next Tuesday.